Welcome to the Long Run Podcast. My name is Weston Downing, and even though this podcast has nothing to do with running, it has everything to do with running the race of your life. Our heart behind this podcast is to help Christ followers navigate life and teach you how to live out your faith so you can make your life count in the long run of eternity. With that being said, here's another episode of the Long Run Podcast. What is up, listeners? I'm going to say it again. We're back because we didn't record anything for, has it been a month? Yeah, it's been too long. I'm not, I'm going to tell you one time, you make sure that dang microphone is close to your face. Oh, I got it. We're on today. Look, dude, I gave him a, I got on. I was reprimanded. I got to say that. I rebuked him. I got on to him pretty hard about 10 minutes before recording and told him I had to do a lot of editing last episode because it was about a mile away from his face. Well, enough being said of that. I know you already saw the title of today's episode. You don't need to find God's will for your life. Ooh, controversial. Ooh. Ravi was like, "Ooh, let's 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 call it this. <laughs> It'll make people stop and listen to us." <laughs> and here they are listening to us. So I guess it worked. Yeah. So we're talking about God's will for your life, specifically as it relates to this big life direction. God. What should I do with my life? And some of the thoughts rolling through your head are like, uh, what job do I do? And then I think job is the big one, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the main one that I think most people are thinking about immediately. Because that determines a lot of like where you live, um, kind of like what your day-to-day life is. I mean, I think people are also probably thinking about um, you know, who they're supposed to marry, mm-hmm. um, how many kids they're supposed to have what church they're supposed to be a part of like are they supposed to do ministry like like uh vocational ministry or is that you know just all those big questions and they trickle down they get confusing and we know that for sure because i think we sit here for 30 minutes trying to decipher words like purpose and (laughs) Mm -hmm. calling there's a lot of subjectivity if you will and trying to decipher these things uh this finding God's will for your life, even though somebody might not even ask that specific question because they might, it might be packaged like, what is God's uh, calling or what is God calling me to? What is my purpose? These are all questions I think that a lot of college age or young adults have asked, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. You work with a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like it's even a bigger question than what job should I take? Because that's like, okay, who will I be employed by? Will I be a police officer? Will I be a patrolman, a detective, a sorry, you know, like but it's even more so what work, what should I how should I spend my life and my time on earth and give my energy to? Should like is it is it like this overseas missions or is it like uh uh for inner city school systems? Like what is like mm-hmm. what is this work? I'm more like this like a uh, big theme, not so specific. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think the majority of people that I come across this question in conversation is they're most likely you know teens or in their twenties, and they're thinking about okay, I got all these years of life ahead of me, but what do I do with my life? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most basic way people say is like, what am I trying? Like, what am I going to do with my life? And that en- encapsulates a lot of things. But there's you know right. they're just saying like. You know, they got, they might have a couple options or they might have like, I mean, in today's world, unlimited options. You see all these things that people are doing and they're just like, how am I, like, how am I supposed to decide what to do with all of this life in front of me? 
some of us are clueless or have been clueless at one point. It's like you're standing there with a compass and you're like, do I go north? Which will take me, hey, it's going to take me to the uh, North Dakotas. And once I get there, like not literally, but like, or do I go south? Or like, what's this big, let me figure out the big direction first. And mm-hmm. then you got to nail down like all the little things. All right, who's going to employ me? Who do I marry? All that stuff. But enough to, about that. You don't need to find God's will for your life. Robbie, why do you think, well, let me rephrase that. How do I find God's will for my life? Got it mixed up. How do I find God's will for my life? Why do you think that's a, such a popular question? Uh, I mean, I think people are asking that a lot because, um, I mean, one, I think people feel like there's so many options and they just kind of like get overwhelmed. It's like, you know, the phrase paralysis of analysis. It's mm-hmm. like they have all these options in front of them and they're like, they. Re- I think a lot of people really genuinely care they're like, they want to steward their lives well. They want to like maximize the time that they have here on earth um, in whatever whatever that means to them um, or to God. And so they, they take this really seriously. And I think sometimes they just like feel all this pressure to make the one right decision with whatever decision they're trying to make. They're like, how can I like land on the one thing that I'm supposed to do? Like the one thing that's God's will for my life. So they put all this pressure on themselves to try to figure it out. And I think that's just a life like in this stage of life, it's just so common. Um, and then honestly, I think a lot of people are just, they're doing things they don't really enjoy or they don't really find a lot of fulfillment in, whether that's like a job that's just kind of like paying, yeah, it's paying the bills, but they just don't really, you know, maybe find a lot of fulfillment or enjoyment or satisfaction or however they would say that. Uh, they're just not really enjoying it. And so they think, man, if I figured out what God's will for my life is, like then the stars would align I would be, you know, I'd be happy, I'd be fulfilled, I'd be satisfied, I'd finally be doing the thing that, like, I was put here to do. And they feel like if they find that one thing, then, like, everything else will just fall into place. So I think that's a couple reasons. I'm sure there's a lot more, but I think those are a couple places that people are typically in when they're asking that question. I like what you said, analysis of paralysis. I honestly have never, I think I read a Desiring God article talking about decisions and when you have a lot of them how it's hard to make mm-hmm. i've never really thought about that and i think for me at one point and maybe for a lot of people right now they would be a lot better off instead of like having a college degree or like work experience or like whatever and they're standing in front of all these good decisions maybe like jobs for example and it's not even like the same type of job for a different company but it's like they've got this degree in some general area of study mm-hmm. and they can take like five of these different paths and they all seem good. Sometimes that per- and they can't decide. It's overwhelming because like you said, you're trying to figure out the best option when that person would probably like they might not they might not say it out loud. But they'd be a lot better off. It's like, okay, I wish all four of these would just tell me they don't want me. That way I have to take this job right here <laughs> uh-huh. and then you just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, people just feel a lot of pressure. I think it causes a lot of anxiety when you're in that space because you're like, you're just putting a lot of pressure on yourself to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I hope part of, I mean, part of my goal and I think our goal here is to allow us to like help take the pressure off people to figure out exactly what God's will for their life is and more so help them to think about that question in some healthier ways, which we'll get into. Okay, how to find God's will for my life. How do I find God's will for my life? Do you think like that's the bad, the best or the right question to ask? Well, uh, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, it's probably not 
it's probably going to come off a little cliche, but I think most people are asking like, what's God's will for my life? And I think we need to, what I want people to do is think of that question differently and think like, how can my life be a part of God's will? I think that's the question that believers should be asking. <laughs> and then now everybody rolls their eyes and then they just turn off the podcast. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Right. Cause I still have all these decisions to make. I've been praying about it and I, and they just, I feel like I can just do whatever I want. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you still got to make those decisions, but I want to help people think less about trying to make the one right decision and think about life more so in uh, God has all these different options that you could do. And I think he wants us just to think more about like, how do we live in a way that honors him? And how do we like try to live out his revealed will, which he's obviously given us a lot in the Bible to, to live by. So how can we like be obedient to the things that we know we're supposed to be? And then I think he just gives us freedom to like walk down whatever things get us excited that we think we're good at, that people are telling us like we should pursue things that we have opportunities to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I don't think that this is a, a topic where you just go, okay, here's the answer. Boom, right. go do it. It's like, it's almost like you got to change the way you think about the question. Yeah. I definitely think there, it's a weird balance because there's a problem when we treat it too much like a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. and we yeah. spend a majority of our time like looking and looking and looking and like we never made a decision and you're like better off if you spend like a, a small amount of time, you know, reflecting, contemplating, like shouldn't take that long. What do you like? What do you don't like? And like what's in front of you? And it's like, go do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like God has this like, you know, secret card that he's holding back <laughs> and he's like, you know, oh, let's send him on a scavenger hunt to try to figure out what this is or whatever, you know, whatever the, it's not like a treasure map that you find eventually. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of mess them, mess themselves up because they treat finding God's will as like this secret that they have to find. And I don't think that's how it works. And there's a lot of problems with that and we can dive into all of them. But I think the first problem, it creates the priority of discovering God's will when God has bigger priorities than you trying to figure out what's this direction you should go. And I think when you start correcting your misplaced priorities— and you start thinking and have some perspective shifts, which I had to do, of like, wow, I am wasting more of why I thought I was trying to seek and discover God's will. And I'm spending all this time doing all this research. You know, you're Googling stuff, trying to find stuff, trying to pinpoint the best one. I wasted so much time that I could have been trying different things and just trying to like, instead of waiting for this door to open, like knocking down a few, getting kicked, you know, like just, just mm-hmm. going and trying. And you're like, well, I learned from that. I learned from that. And you go from there because you have to understand that there is not a best option that you're going to just discover mm-hmm. from not trying anything. Yeah. There's just a lot of good options there. And then whatever you pick, you just go all out in that one. I mean, yeah, I think that's part of, part of the hard part about this topic is there's not like it. I think what it boils down to is there's not like one, you know, really amazing, interesting, sexy answer, like Mm -hmm. to figure everything out. It's more just like whatever you do, like do it with all your heart. Like, uh, I think that's Colossians says, uh, it's working for the Lord, not for man. And like, Mm -hmm. you're just bloom where you planted. Um, I think is another good thing. Just like being faithful in whatever you choose, I think is actually going to be in God's will more so than trying to figure out exactly the one right thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's good. So that's some good opening general thoughts. Uh, You kind of answered this, but I'll go ahead and throw the question out so we can put some teeth to it and see what the scripture says. Why do you think we don't have to search for God's will in our life? So this is kind of going off the bat of we talked about misplaced 
priorities. Like in scripture, really, what is it talking about when it says God's will? For us, we're thinking it's this big life direction. It's mm-hmm. kind of prideful too, because it's like, it's like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what does God need from me? Or uh-huh. like, what what comfort do I like? You're trying like we're trying to avoid all discomfort in life or like we want the easiest path like Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i mean nobody wants to hear it but like it is kind of like a prideful selfish question in some ways you know i think people ask it with a good heart but it's kind of selfish to be like the most important thing you know for me in my life is you know me figuring out what i'm supposed to do so that i can be happy like that's a lot of times what it boils down to and i know nobody likes to hear that but that's kind of what it what we're asking instead of thinking about man you know, with the time and the, you know, resources that God's given me, how can I just try to be faithful to whatever he's called me to? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a much better way to think about our lives. And there's some ways that you can swing the pendulum to where it's like not a good balance. So maybe, okay, a prideful way is what is, what's God's will for my life? What do I want to do with my life? And so you kick back on that and you're like, okay, I'll just go meet the greatest need on the earth. And that's got to be God honoring. Well, you know, if it really doesn't meet your natural, like maybe gifts or like skills or not even so that, if you just don't like it, you know, like you're like, you know what? There's starving people in Africa and there's a need there. I mean, I need to go save the whales. Like, I don't know. Like I'm going to go meet that need and you get there and you move there and you're lonely and it's, it's just a bad situation. Not saying the the best you know not saying you just got to strive for the comfort because that's another balance there but mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if you just strive for like your goal is just meeting greatest need you might find yourself in a bad spot too mm-hmm. even though that seems just totally selfless you know yeah that's true i mean I, I think that brings up a good point that isn't again not the sexiest idea sexiest mm-hmm. i've been saying sexy a lot on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the sexiest idea <laughs> But it's like any, literally, I think this is so important though. It's like anything that you do is, is going to have things that are really hard, things that you don't enjoy. And this is in everything in life. I mean, it's part of the fall is like work is always going to be hard. Um, and every job you do is going to have things that you hate doing and things that you love, hopefully. Um, and so like, you know, it's like with that, it's, you could even pursue like the greatest, highest idea, like solving world hunger and like man, there's still going to be things that are like really hard about that. Even if you somehow were, you know, successful in that with your life. Um, so I, I just go back to the idea that it's so much more about like how you're operating in the circumstances of life than trying to like pick the perfect circumstance that you're in. Yeah, for sure. And so with priorities, you good? You're like, okay. <laughs> Weird hand signal there. Didn't know if I was catching it. Felt like I was in a football game. What's the play coach? Uh, <laughs> So priorities, we put the priority on trying to figure out this path or whatever. Okay, that's God's will to us. But what does Scripture say now about God's will, Robbie? Like, what do you got? Come on, I'm, I'm gassing well, you up here. I got you teed uh, up. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think a lot of us want to, you know, put the, you know, like kind of put the fleece out on the ground and like, ask God a specific question. Am I supposed to do this or this? And then, you know, if the fleece is wet, I know that God's calling me to go do this. Um, and I don't think that's really what the Bible mainly talks about when it comes to like God's will for us. Um, again, I, I think 
the Bible, if we, if we're honest, if we're really looking, I think the Bible talks a lot more about how we live and how we relate to him. Um, you know, in, in our American culture, we're so much more about doing than we are about being. Um, mm. I know uh, I was listening to a guy named Pete Scazzaro. He wrote Emotional Healthy Spirituality. Um, he was talking about how um, being overdoing and how important that is um, just in healthy spirituality. But I think it applies here because the Bible is going to talk about, you know, when we literally says, like, what is God's will? It talks about, like, things like giving thanks in all circumstances or being sanctified and avoiding sexual immorality or not to be conformed to the pattern of this this age, like in Romans 12, 2. Um, you know, all these things, it's, it's talking way more about the type of person you are, your character, um, how you're living in obedience to God's, the things that he commands us to do, um, where our heart is towards God and other people. Um, it, the Bible does not spend as much time telling us exactly how to, you know, decide specifically what we're called to, or like how to make those decisions. Yeah. Which I wish it did but it just doesn't as much. Well, that just goes with God's priorities, which we roll our eyes at. Like the verse that you mentioned in First Thessalonians, it's, it's God's will that you'd be sanctified. Mm-hmm. It's like God's will, his desire and command is that you'd work out your salvation, that you would grow in him. And you're like, well, I mean, I can do that anywhere. And like you I, examine your priorities. Like really, I like take some time, pray. Even if you're driving right now and listening, pause us. Oh, don't pause us. <laughs> Just wait till we're done talking. And literally ask God to search your heart and see what is you like these sunglasses I got on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just staring at I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cut in the middle of the serious bit here. Literally ask God, say, Oh God, search my heart. Lord, what is the thing that just really consumes me that I'm driving forth with my life? What are these heart idols that I have? Is it ultimately success? Is it, you know, money, comfort, living my best life, most comfortable life? And you don't have to kick back. Like I said, you don't have to kick back and say, well, I'm just going to sell everything I have. Mm-hmm. But no, it's God, are you everything to me? To, we'll go with John Piper. God is most glorified in you. He doesn't say when you sell everything you have and move overseas. He doesn't say when you go into full-time ministry. No, he said, God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. So there you go. You can insert that into your prayer life. Mm-hmm. God in my, because mo- that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the question I try to avoid when you ask God, God, am I mostly satisfied in you? And just wait if the sins haven't already flowed into your mind of, you know, how he's convicting you. Because those mm-hmm. are good to ask. Because then you can hopefully the power of God's grace as he illumines us to his word and to who he is hopefully we can begin to have some right priorities I had wrong priorities in college it was literally about everything I just said I can make more money live my best life mm-hmm. but I justified them for the sake of ministry well God if you give me more money I can do more like you said mm-hmm. I'm more worried about uh, doing than being yeah. I was more worried about doing stuff for God as long as I was comfortable and I had my bit of it and I had my take rather than truly knowing him, holding my life loosely, and letting everything flow out of that. Let me ask you this. What if someone doesn't know where to start when trying to figure out what they want to do with their life? We've, we've kind of given this advice, maybe too spiritual. Mm-hmm. Well, you're being real spiritual. That sounds good. But I still literally, I don't know what to do, Robbie. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what's some? You got any practical tips? Like, maybe decision making. I don't know. Like, yeah, they got some good options. Uh, yeah. So just like real practically down in the weeds um, of life, like trying to figure out those things. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's a few practicals that you can do. Um, but just to make it really practical, like if you're, let's say you're, you know, in college and you're about to graduate and you're, you know, let's say you have a business degree or something kind of general like that. And you're like, okay, am I going to go into banking or am I going to go, you know, work in sales somewhere, you know, you're two different jobs, two cities, whatever. And you're like really stuck. Cause you're like, man, there's good things about both. I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, maybe am I supposed to, you know, then you hear a great talk on missions and you're like, maybe I'm supposed to go overseas. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You got all these options and you're trying to figure out what to do. I think a lot of people are maybe in that, yeah. um, in that uh, place right there. Um, but I think there's some good things that you can do. So one, I think like we've said, ask, you know, how am I wired? How, where do I feel like, you know, what do I want to do? I think that's a good question to ask. It doesn't sound very spiritual. Yeah. Um, Speaking of not over-spiritualizing things, you can ask, you know, what, what would I enjoy more? Like, which one am, am I going to, you know, feel like I'm um, better at? Or, like, wh- you know, where am I more gifted? Um, obviously, you have, you know, practical opportunities to do either one. I think a lot of times people are waiting for opportunities to come along that don't exist. Um, but they may at some point, And I think that's, that's a bad place to be. But if you're trying to pick between two opportunities – which one do I enjoy more? Uh, this is a great place to get practical advice from other people. So this is the importance of mentors again, um, which, you know, you probably can't overstate. Um, we'll probably come back to that a lot, but, um, ask other people like, Hey, here's two options I got. What do you think? Like, which one do you think, um, sounds better? Um, but I think at the end of the day, the point is that you can do either one of those. And if you're like doing it with, you know, trying to have godly motives, um, and I think the beauty of following Christ is that he can use you and you can honor him with either one of those decisions. Um, and I think it just comes down to like, what do you want? What do you feel like is going to be a better fit? Where are you going to be better able to uh, live the life that, you know, God has called you to in the sense of um, living out, you know, what he tells us to do in his word, be a part of, you know, where am I going to be a part of a church? How am I going to be able to, you know, make disciples with whatever job that I'm doing there? Um, you know, just thinking about those things, but I think we have a lot of freedom at the end of the day to do whatever we feel like, you know, we want to. That's solid. <clears throat> I was a little raspy there. That's solid. You ever heard the saying, don't get caught staring at the dartboard? Uh, that's a new one for me. Okay. What are you talking about? I just wanted to see how honest you were because I just made it up. <laughs> we talked okay, about good. That. Yeah, I'm not, uh, we talked not about, familiar. <laughs> we talked about this dartboard in here before we started recording. Yeah, it's kind of like staring at the dartboard. You got one dart in your hand, and you're worried you're not going to hit the bullseye. And you just stand there waiting to throw, overanalyzing, analysis of, by paralysis. Mm. And you're still standing there, scared you're going to miss. And like a year goes by and you're still standing there holding the dart. Next thing you look up and five years have gone by and I'm not saying you're, oh, you're stuck in the same old job. No, it's nothing like that. But like be okay with taking some risk and realize no one has it figured out. And yeah, you might have that one guy that has the same job his whole life working for the same company. Good for him. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's especially in a world where we're so connected by the internet and have so much to do and you just kind of will have to bounce around. It's the, the days are gone where you do work for that same company as it was back early in the 20th century, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is probably an easier question 100 years ago. Uh, but I think in our culture today, like, you know, we we are blessed with options, but it's also, you know, it is kind of a curse too because we can constantly be comparing ourselves. You know, you always see someone that you went to high school with that's doing some crazy thing that you're like, oh, man, if I could just do what they were doing, then I'd be, you know, then that'd be legit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not as simple as I'm just going to go into whatever business my dad or my mom was doing back in the day. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think we really have to think long and hard about this question to help each other follow Christ in this area. Yeah, that's good that you brought that up. And um, I mean, I think about my, my grandparents. I have a fun story. And uh, my grandmother told me she grew up uh, picking cotton in northeastern Arkansas. She did that, and it's just it's a starch difference uh, from my life uh, and her life. She told me uh, it was cool. I got to record her sister, her, and my grandfather, her husband, uh, just some like their stories growing up and stuff, just kind of like time capsule video. It was really cool. And uh, she said, like, for Christmas, it was a big deal to them when they'd get, like, an apple and orange, like, just fruit. I was like, what? I was like, wow. I mean, you didn't grow up during the Great Depression. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. was like the 1950s, like, or 40s, I guess, when you were young, which it's not that long after, but I was like, I was like, dang. Uh, so, like, back then, like, I was like, I, I mean, my grandmother's never told me, here's how do you find God's will for your life because I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't, we don't hear that from our grandparents if we were blessed to have your grandparents around because they didn't struggle with that because their main priority back in the day was one survival and two they had limited options and so i was like you know i'm i'm gonna go teach school is what she did and that probably goes into the marrying question you can have like a ton of options out there when back in the day like little house on the prairie style i was like well i'm gonna marry i'm gonna marry sydney down the street because that's the only girl <laughs> that's my age in this small town yeah you know pickings. i mean really though like there's some mm-hmm. practicality to it I think when we kick back, I keep using the word kick back. It's weird. I have one word I always use during, I've been trying to avoid saying, you know, have I said that on here yet? Somebody called me out for that last year. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, you know, you I just said, it. <laughs> <laughs> like they say, you say, you yeah. know, so much on the, that's beside the point. Fun take though. Do you have anything you want to add, Robbie? Well, and I think, uh, so from my personal experience, not that I'm, I feel like I'm not very good at making decisions. I can be very indecisive, but even just looking back on my life, like I work, obviously I'm in ministry now, I work for downline, but, and so people might say, Oh, you know, when did you have this calling to go into ministry? Or when did you know you were called to ministry? Uh, I get that question a lot. Do you? And, uh, I honestly can say that I did not have one moment where I was like, okay, I feel called to ministry. Like I am my, like my, in a sense we would say like, you know, I, I never had this moment where I was like, God's will for my life is to work in ministry. It was more just when I was getting ready to graduate college, there was a team that was going to India over there. And someone was like, Hey, do you, you know, would you be interested in going to India? Um, and I was like, yes, I'm interested in that. Let's do it. Um, it was, there was this opportunity. I stepped into it. I didn't feel like God revealed it. You know, it wasn't like this huge moment. It was just like no writing in sand. No, yeah. No audible voice. Crazy. I know. Yeah. No pressing on your heart, or you wanted to vomit and you couldn't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it wasn't written in the sky behind wow, an airplane. That's amazing. It was just hey, here's an opportunity. And then while I was in India, it was hey, here's a. Would you be interested in going to University of Kansas and working for the college ministry? And I was like, yes, I would be interested in that. And then 
same thing. So like every ministry job I've gotten has just been, here's an opportunity. What do you think? And now granted that came along with a lot of like, man, I'm not sure what to do. Um, there was a moment when I was just like dead torn between staying where I was and moving to Memphis, uh, to work. And, uh, it took me a long time to try to decide. Um, but, God but looking back, knew I, he would introduce you to me. So here and I'm making a name for you. He, he blessed me. <laughs> Not through you, but uh, in oh. some other ways. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I honestly, looking back, I mean, I honestly think I could have done either, either one, and I think I could have equally been faithful and, and you know, honor God with those decisions. I just think that I, at the end of the day, I chose what I felt like would be better um, for me and and what I was more excited about. Um, and so I think when we're gonna when we get to the end of our life, we're gonna be able to look back and see. Not that I was. You know, I didn't make those decisions because I felt like that was God's will for me. But those were things, those were opportunities that I had in front of me that I walked into and just tried to be faithful in whatever he called me to. Yeah. No, that's really good. Good explanation. I could poke a couple holes in there because um, I'm smarter than you, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm, just <What's> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, we've got about two to three minutes here, and uh, we're going to unpack one simple question. What about the person that doesn't know if they're called to full-time ministry? You kind of <laughs> look, he's like, two, three minutes for that. Look, you already touched on the, your process, and hopefully that'll shed a little light. And, of course, when you hear other people's experiences about that, I don't know, I think of one preacher. I just knew from age 12 that I wanted to preach the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you might have that. But if you don't and you're trying to figure that out because you think, well, if I go working as an accountant, that's all I am. I'm just an accountant. What am I doing for God in this job? If I go and I, and I willed, what do I what do I do? I'm not I'm not doing enough for God. Mm-hmm. Or if I want to be, a, I really like law. I like justice. I want to be a lawyer. Am I wasting my time because I'm? Well, I guess I'm helping people get out of jail and I'm defending people. But like, how do I? Can I justify this? What if you don't have a job that works with people? I've heard it said that you either work with people, money, or things, or a blend of all three or two. So it's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Do I just teach Sunday school? Should I become a pastor? Should I move overseas and do missionary work and become a missionary or teach or just work on a college ministry where I can disciple and evangelize? What do you say to that? Man, nothing like two to three minutes to answer that question, huh? Bingo. Uh, and I took two to three minutes to I ask mean, it. <laughs> you did. You took all my time. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a couple of basic things that probably sound cliche, I think, but are just so true around this question specifically, especially just the point that I believe that the you know full-time ministry thing the fact is like every christian is in full-time ministry which that's totally a cliche but and i will can i add the fact yes can i add i'm sorry add add away because i we should be every christian should be in full-time that's good yeah you're right yeah that was (laughs) we we should be i think when we talk about what we're called to do it's like we're all called to make disciples we're called to faithfully live out the gospel in whatever context we're in um and so i think with that said but as far as people who are trying to figure out like should i work in vocational ministry or should i work in the marketplace um i think that's a process like i think you need to have a lot of people around you i think you got to ask what are your where are your giftings um i think a lot of it can go down to like do you have opportunities like has someone presented you with an opportunity to go into ministry 
if there's no opportunities, then maybe there's a chance that that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, could be, there could be opportunity right around the road, um, that you can step into, but I think you want to have, you want to be asking people, Hey, where do you think I'm gifted? Uh, I think you want to get experience in doing ministry type things like vocational ministry things like speaking teaching um discipling like teach a sunday school class you know go lead a small group uh and then ask people like hey was i good at that like did i go well um if those things continue to go well and like you feel like you're gifted in there then yeah i think there's a real opportunity that there might be an opportunity but i think where giftings and opportunity meet that's where you want to be um and so, and I know a lot of accountants and welders and plumbers and whatever else that feel like, man, I, I can totally glorify God and, and faithfully being an incredible accountant, welder, plumber, whatever. And, uh, and they're incredibly godly people and they're living out the gospel doing that. And then they're, you know, faithful, faithfully like leading people in discipleship, being faithful in their church, like have incredible walks with God, all of those things. So I think you can do that in either of those routes. Yeah. I think the first time I went to our church, Seth Jewell was preaching, and he's a attorney for FedEx, mm-hmm. for FedEx. Yeah, and he was up there preaching. And I was like, "Well, this guy's a, this guy's not the quote unquote full time pastor." I'm like, "This is crazy." So maybe you need to see some perspective shifts of how ministry works and a natural process if you're wanting to be a pastor or something like that. And you're serving in the local church. They see the gifts. You express the interest. They say, "Hey." You know, we'll pay you to free you up from this job so you can put your energy towards maybe studying God's Word, you know, being a part of organizational ministry. But last part, we're almost wrapping it up here. You talk about freedom and disciple-making with your work. When we're trying to run to ministry because we're running from our mundane job, we're trying to run Mm because we want more influence, more whatever. Can you make an argument for—I'm not going to say this one has more influence than the other, but— like your work is not like your day job is not the end of your ministry efforts because yes, I think I've heard, I hear it too. Like it's like, well, you're an accountant work to your job for the glory of God. Yes, that's true. And your life should display the gospel. And when people ask, why do you stay late? Why do you not cheat the system? I'll give an answer Mm -hmm. for the reason for what my hope is in. If I'm not already sharing anyway, but not even in just your day job. Like, tell me, like, how there's freedom and, like, disciple-making to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, yes, totally. Uh, I think that's one of the beauties of disciple-making, and that's how Jesus wired this whole thing up, is that literally if we want to talk about what we're called to or what God's will for our life, Here I we think go. a huge part of that is make disciples of all nations. Um, and you can literally do that in any vocation in any at any age in right. any city mm-hmm. in and you can do that anywhere it's helping people follow Jesus at the end of the day um it's walking closely with him and helping other people do that as well and so that's the beauty that's the freedom you know the word you use the freedom in disciple making is literally you can be faithful to all that Jesus calls us to in any vocation and so i'd rather have someone not know vocationally what they're called to but have know exactly what they're called to to make disciples and to live out God's word where they are even if that means they do 18 different jobs you know in their 20s or in their 30s or whatever um you know you could do all those jobs but I'd so much rather see someone faithfully develop a vision to use their life uh to make disciples 
um, than anything else. And I think everything else will kind of fall into place as we seek to be faithful uh, to what God calls us to. Yeah. And a quick bit, you know, discipleship's a buzzword and Christian terminology and Christianese and making disciples and all that stuff. But when you view the strategy of Jesus had 12, I'm not going to just read you the whole strategy. You probably know it, but he had close relationships. Here's the deal. You can only have so many close relationships, the Mm. same as the mega church pastor. Now, granted, he is preaching the word, so he's... You know, his, you know, he's getting to be able to touch a lot of lives, you know, mm-hmm. preach from the pulpit. But we're not talking about this wide-stretched max output of your ministry. Because if you start, you know, if we just start thinking of who, how can we touch more and more people, more and more people, mm-hmm. the masses or whatever, you can only go so deep with a lot of people. And sometimes, well, actually, I mean, that's Jesus' strategy. He had 12, but then he had some he was closer with, his inner circle. And it doesn't matter, like, your day-to-day, like, what discipleship looks like. It's not always just leading a Sunday school class or whatever. Like, you have to do those things and teach the Word. But, like, I, you know, you hear, and we can go, this is, like, a whole discipleship episode. But, like, it's just having people around you and just help them follow Christ, mm-hmm. understand their Bible, know God, fall madly in love with Jesus, and teach others to do that same thing. And you can go deeper with that, but sometimes mm-hmm. we just need a healthy perspective shift. Yeah, that's good. I mean, at the end of the day, kind of bring it all home. I mean, I hope all of our goals is to get to heaven and hear Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't think he's going to say, man, you weren't faithful because you chose to be an accountant at you know, FedEx instead yeah. of AutoZone. Let's go. I think he's going to say, you, uh, you were faithful because you chose to obey me and you you know, followed my commands and you were, you know, faithful to me in whatever, you know, vocation, whatever job specifically that you were in. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, if we think a big picture, what's going to allow us to get to the end of our life where Jesus is going to say, Hey, well done, my good and faithful servant. Cause you bloomed wherever you were planted. I think a good question you asked one time is like, you know, the first question we always ask somebody when we come up to them, like, Oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to, I'm an accountant. I'm an attorney. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. It's like, well, I'm a disciple maker. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm a disciple maker, and they're gonna say you're crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we can say that. Yeah. That's good, Robbie. You got anything else you want to add? Man, I think that's it. Hey, we kept it under 40 minutes, so that's good. There we go. Thank you guys for listening. This was a good episode. If you got any questions, uh, you can shoot me and Robbie a, a DM, so to speak, <laughs> or you can uh, even just give us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate that too. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope we'll see you next week with another episode. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Peace.